Well, good morning. So if you thought the basket was turned over last week, as Jason said, the fruit basket, well, it's really turned over this week. It's more like poured out on the floor. <laughs> you see, Derek thought it would be a good idea for me to speak, and I don't know why, but in a few minutes you'll realize God did not give me the gift of preaching. And there's a reason I'm across the street over there with the students, but uh, he's the boss, so I, I did what he said. So... Last week, Jason asked uh, how many of you were excited about being in Proverbs, and I couldn't see, but he said about half of you were. So, good news, we're not in Proverbs today. <laughs> I couldn't figure out how to, uh, I'm, I don't know, teach or preach about a bunch of sayings, so I went a different direction, so I hope you'll bear with me. Um, we're going we're gonna to look at some scripture in just a minute. Now, I'm more of a kind of a teacher than than a preacher, that's for sure. So I'm not going to have you stand on the Scripture because I'm going to read a little and then talk and read a little because you'd be doing this and you'd be mad at me. So I don't want to start off that way, okay? So I'm going to talk to you about where is your focus? Where is your focus? Have you ever been lost? Okay, I'm the only one. Oh, okay, all right. So when I was a little guy, I don't know, five or six, um, I got lost. Now, my parents, they worked second shift at a textile mill, and I stayed down the road with a neighbor, and she kept several kids, and I loved the outdoors. I mean, I grew up on a farm, so it was nothing for me to be outside. I didn't think anything about it. So I loved being out, and I was used to playing outside all the time. Well, they had a dog. Now, I don't remember the dog's name, but it was a beagle. I do remember that. One day, that beagle decided that it wanted to go up on Taylor's Ridge. Being the good kid that I was, I didn't want it to go and get lost, so I went with it. That's funny. I was trying to take care of the dog. Now, here's the thing. Um, I didn't bother to tell the sitter that I was going to be doing that. So... Things didn't work out really good because the sitter didn't know I was gone. But I did notice after a little while that the dog got a little nervous and it looked like it was getting worried about being lost. And I'm going to stop right there with that part of that story and I'll come back to it in just a few minutes. Now, why did I get lost? Well, I was not focused on staying in the yard like I was supposed to. Instead, I was focused on that dog, and he caused me to lose my way. I was focused, but I was focused on the wrong thing. Have y'all ever seen magicians? I love magicians. You can ask my wife. I have stood right next to one this close watching his hands, and I still couldn't figure out how he did it. But do you know that their greatest secret is the art of distraction? The art of distraction. They fool you by simply getting you to focus on the wrong thing. Now, I thought about having Caleb, and he doesn't even know this because I didn't tell him, but I thought about having him flip the lights off, and I was going to grab something and put it on and change my but I thought that was maybe too showy, so I didn't. <laughs> but if I had done that, your focus would have been on, oh, did the power go off? The air is already not working very well. Now we've lost lights. No. You know, it's, it's something that you do. You focus on whatever happens, that distraction. And that's what magicians do. They cause you to focus 
on the wrong thing. A lot of people, and, and y'all realize I talk to students, so I may say students at some point, but church, a lot of people say we've lost our ability to focus. Now, I'm not sure that I really believe that, so can we be honest for just a minute? This means yes. I talk to students, and I make them talk back to me, so you have to interact, all right? Many of you, and I'm not pointing fingers, but many of you can focus on uh, social media for a long time. Oh, I see the looks. Or maybe it's even a video game. You can be focused for hours. You see, it's not so much that we've lost our ability to focus. It's about the object of our focus. What or whom is your focus and your efforts on? We're going to talk about a guy named Peter. Oh, by the way, I'm Roger, for some of y'all that don't know. I forgot to introduce. I'm the next-gen pastor, which means I watch the children up to college. So just in case. Some of you are visiting here today and hoping to hear Derek. Sorry. Come back next week, okay? So we're going to talk about a guy named Peter. Uh, Peter was one of Jesus' disciples, and he was laser-focused on Jesus to the point that he would do almost anything that Jesus asked. So here's our first scripture. We're going to look at Matthew chapter 14, verses 22 through 25. And it reads, Immediately Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go on ahead of him to the other side while he dismissed the crowd. After he had dismissed them, he went up on a mountainside by himself to pray. Later that night, he was there alone, and the boat was already a considerable distance from land, buffeted by waves because the wind was against it. Shortly before dawn, Jesus went out to them walking on the lake. I'm going to stop right there for a second. Take a look at this. Don't miss this. Jesus walked on water. Now, y'all, that just doesn't happen every day. I don't mean, Maybe some of you guys can do that. I've not ever had any success. I did try to step out on a float that was floating on the water, and that didn't even work out that well. Sometimes if we've been raised in church... We hear these stories and we miss the majesty of what's happening. Walking on water is not an everyday occurrence. You try it, let me know if it works out for you, okay? And then you can tell me maybe you are, uh, have some more powers that I don't know about. So let's look at Matthew uh, verses 26 through 29. When the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said, and they cried out in fear. But Jesus immediately said to them, Take courage, it is I. Don't be afraid. Lord, if it's you, Peter replied, tell me to come on the water. Come, he said. Then Peter got down out of the boat, and he walked on the water towards Jesus. So sorry to keep stopping, but as far as I know, we've never heard of anybody walking on the water until that point, and now we've got somebody else doing it five minutes later. Again, y'all don't miss these stories. I tell my students all the time, try to imagine 
you are these people that Jesus is talking to. Can you imagine what he's telling, talking in these Proverbs to the disciples and they're going, hey, John, did you get that? Because I don't know what he was talking about. You know, we have to place ourselves within the Bible to try to be able to get a feel for what Jesus is saying and how normal people in that time were dealing with the power of Jesus. So, um, I read, uh, I thought I should do a little research. You know, I've seen Derek working all week on, on, on sermons, so I thought I should do research on walking on the water. Have you, anybody ever done that? I'm the only one. Okay. I think about things like that. So, I was reading about a professor from, well, I won't say the university. That might bother somebody. That Jesus was more likely to have walked on ice on the water. Now, he said, evidently, 12,000 years ago, or whatever time frame he put on there, there were blocks of ice that would form un just underneath the surface of the water. And Jesus was walking on that. Now, you have to understand, it had to work out that that ice lined right up with the boat, and it also it stretched all the way out to Peter, and it was floating just right so that that would all happen. And they say, we don't have faith. I mean, that seems to me like that takes a lot of faith to believe those things could line up. All I can say about that professor is just, you know, bless his heart. Um, so let's see what happened to Peter. Verses 30 and 33. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately, Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. You of little faith, he said, why did you doubt? And when they climbed in the boat, the wind died down. Then those who were in the boat worshipped him, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. Now, aside from Peter walking on the water, here's what I want you to get. Peter was so focused on Jesus that when Jesus told him to come, he literally jumped out of that boat, I guess onto the ice, I don't know. No hesitation. If you remember... The scripture says the waves and the wind were, were blowing and there were white caps. I mean, the boat was rocking wildly. And, and think about this again. Think about there were other people in that boat, right? You didn't see any of them jumping out to walk, did you? And can you imagine? Okay, it's a bunch of guys. All right, guys, y'all know how we are. Uh, Peter, what are you doing? Have you lost your mind? You're going to step out into that water? That doesn't work. But Peter ignored all that, right? And he stepped out. Jesus, had, I mean, Peter had been focusing so much on Jesus for so long, and his efforts were so wrapped up and revolved around Jesus that he didn't hesitate. He just went. Think about this. Are you following Jesus so closely that you will do whatever he asks without hesitation? Are you so focused on Jesus that you will obey him even when his requests seem scary? That make no sense? Do we have that kind of a relationship? Where are you today? What kind of relationship do you have with Jesus? 
We're going to go backwards just a a bit again. I want to read 30 and 32 to you. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately, Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. You of little faith, he said, why did you doubt? And when they climbed into the boat, the wind died down. You see, when Peter took his eyes off of Jesus, he saw the wind and the waves, and he immediately began to sink. He looked at those circumstances around him, and he focused on that, what he was up against. He lost it, yeah? He panicked. He forgot who was sustaining him, and he allowed those winds and the waves that were against him to overpower him. So here's where I probably might get in a little bit of trouble. Jason said he practiced on his wife. I did not. But she does know uh, it, it slipped out last night. A little of this was coming. So a little over four years ago at the Stancil household, uh, the waves got kind of high. In kind of a roundabout way, uh, the story's a lot longer than I could expound on, but I'll, I'm going to give you just the Reader's Digest version if you even know what that means these days. I went to my family doctor just to have a checkup because he was retiring and uh, got through. Everything's great. And I said, hey, you think I should see a cardiologist? I had rheumatic fever as a kid. He goes, fine, everything sounds good. And I said, well, I've just got this feeling. He said, well, I'll run a test just to make you feel better. Did that test on Friday, 7.30 Monday morning. I got a call. Uh, It wasn't quite as good as, you know, uh, he thought. Or we hoped. <laughs> I found out that I had an aortic aneurysm, and you know, I didn't know what all that meant, but I knew aneurysm was bad. And so we went to the doctor, uh, went to various doctors. Each one painted not such a nice picture of the outcome of what could happen. Um, and I didn't even take Kathy to a lot of the appointments. But finally, it was the day that we went to see the surgeon, so I took her, and she probably wished she hadn't have gone, but we're sitting there with the surgeon. He's talking about what he's going to do, and y'all, I looked around, and the waves were pretty high around me. My poor bride is having a really hard time with what the doctor is saying, but when he took a model of a heart, and he pulls it apart like this and says, we're going to take this off, and then we're hopefully going to put that back together. Well, now, y'all, that was a little more than my mind could handle. And he started talking about things I can't even tell you. It sounds like Star Trek, you know, science fiction. The things they were going to have to do. I stopped him. I said, are you good at what you do? And he said, yes. I said, that's good enough. He said, most people want to know. I said, I don't want to know. I don't even know how you could make that work, what you're telling me. I was not able to comprehend how that could possibly be done. You remember those waves? I was starting to sink a little bit. He said, we have to do the surgery immediately. I said, I'm available right now. He said, uh, no, we can't do it right now. He said, you don't understand, and I, I heard this statement a lot. This is a big deal. Okay, I get it. Well, can we do it tomorrow? No. You see, son, you'll be the only thing I do that day. It's a big deal. <laughs> the waves came on down finally it was the day before the surgery the hospital called I assumed it was to set the time but it was not 
It was to tell me that the surgeon could not do the surgery the next day. That's what, all I heard, and then I don't know what I heard after that. But finally, somewhere along the way, I kept hearing something, and I said, what, what, what? And it was, but his partner could do it, but he would have to start about 30 minutes later. Good, I'm in. <laughs> if you face these kind of things and think about building yourself up to get ready for it, and then somebody says, whoops, nope, can't do that. So here's what happened. The waves kind of pushed me to the bottom at that point because I thought, I haven't even talked to this guy. But that guy turned out to be, y'all. And if I could tell this whole story, you'd see God in and out. That was the guy that everybody had been praying that could do this surgery because he was one of the best in the Southeast. And you see, God sort of orchestrated that, I guess. He was the partner but he was like the A team as opposed to the B team. I think that's what I said rolling into surgery. I think Kathy's nodding her head because they kind of drug me up. So 45 minutes before that surgery that was going to last eight hours, I met the guy that, whose life was going to be in his hands. And then I found out he was a Christian. The waves calmed. A lot more to that story, but I can't go into all that. Let's get back to Peter, because that's who you really want to know about. You see, when he began to sink, who was there to save him? Jesus. He was really focused on those waves and all, but they couldn't save him, right? So how does this apply to us? Let's go back to that original question. On who or what are you focusing are you directing your attention towards Jesus? Or are you drawn to other things? Maybe your life is filled with so many good things that you just don't have any room for Jesus, don't need him. Or maybe you're like Peter, and you've taken your focus off of Jesus because your circumstances are really difficult, and you can't keep your head above water. Uh, Peter was very focused on those waves, but they couldn't save him. He was focused on the wrong thing again. Who saved him? Jesus. He's the only one that can save us. He's the only one that's above the wind and the waves and the aneurysm and the cancer and whatever life is throwing against you. Now listen, here's what I'm not saying. If you focus on Jesus, your life will be free from troubles, trials, and storms. Capital, nope. No, that's not true, even though that's sometimes preached. That is not true. But here's why I am saying. If you're focused on Him, then you'll have a rock to hold on when those storms come. Did my surgery go well? It did. Did my hospital stay go smooth? It did not. It was supposed to be three or four days. It turned out to be just a few hours short of 12 days. But God was still there. And maybe you're sitting here wondering, why in the world would I want to follow Jesus if all these bad things are going to continue to happen? Well, here's why. In Luke chapter 15, verses 3 through 7, it says this. Then Jesus told them this parable. Suppose one of you has a hundred sheep and loses one of them. 
doesn't he leave the 99 in the open country and go after lost sheep until he finds it? And when he finds it, he joyfully puts it on his shoulder and goes home. Then he calls his neighbor, friends and neighbors together and says, Rejoice with me, I have found my lost sheep. I tell you, in the same way, there will be more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous people who do not need to repent. He loves you so much that he died on a cross as the ultimate sacrifice for your sins. We sang about it just a few minutes ago. That's why he left that 99 to rescue you and me. Y'all, Jesus is worthy of our focus. So I opened with a story, and I know y'all are on the edge of your seats wondering, what happened? Well, let me tell you. So I told you that little dog was worried about being lost. Turns out, so was the whole community. The sitter had called out all the neighbors, possibly the police, and they called my parents at work. That was not a good thing. They said they'd search for hours. Now, I think probably just a few minutes, but I'm, I could be wrong about that. Eventually, I found my way back home, being the great outdoorsman that I was. I mean, y'all don't think I'm a great outdoorsman? I am. Or maybe somebody found me. I, that part's a little fuzzy. <laughs> but here's the thing. The most important part is this. I was found. And just like they were searching for me, Jesus is desperately searching for you. Even when you're focused on everything else but Jesus, he wants to leave the 99 to come and rescue you. And he wants to call you his child. In just a minute, we're going to sing. And Jason, y'all can start heading up. So I just want to ask you, are you out of focus? Are the waves high around you? In a minute after we pray, you're going to have an opportunity to come and to pray. Or maybe you just need to talk. Derek's going to come down front and receive you. Maybe you have questions, comments. Hey, things aren't great in my life. I need to refocus. Jesus wants to bring you home. And if you're willing and you're ready, he's standing there like this. Would y'all stand as we pray? Lord, thank you for this day. Thank you for this time that we've had together. Lord, I pray if there's somebody here that's struggling, facing things they can't overcome, Lord, that you would fill their lives and their heart with your love. And we pray all this in your name. Amen.